0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sunday evening Bible study. We're uh, back with you after being away last Sunday night. We want to welcome you on Facebook. We want to welcome those of you that are listening to us on Mike Springston FFC podcast, and we want to remind those podcasters uh, that we thank them for uh, joining us and downloading our information, and of course for Facebook. And podcast, we want to remind you you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mike ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. We also want to remind everybody concerning our book, uh, I Surrender. Uh, it is uh, on uh, uh, available through Amazon and in your local bookstore. So we're going to pick up tonight on a fail-proof ministry, part two of that. Uh, Of course, we shared part one with you today concerning Jesus' earthly ministry, and now we're going to go on a little bit deeper into His ministry uh, from the cross on and how God produced in that another uh, part of the fail-proof ministry as designed by the wisdom of God, and I'll show you that as we go through this study. Let's begin a word of prayer, and then we'll get in with our text. Father, we thank you for today. We ask you to open our eyes, that we can see our ears, that we can hear and our heart, that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us, and then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Jesus, we ask you to speak. We will sanctify ourselves, yield ourselves, and surrender ourselves to the voice of the Holy Spirit as he reveals what you want us to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. As you do it, we will receive it and reveal it to your people. From there, we will be blessed. We will be corrected, and we will be led and guided into the depths of truth that the plan of God has for us to live in. Bless us now, I pray, in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead, a Man and a Man. The text for today came from Colossians chapter two, verse six through nine. We spent most of the Sunday morning service dealing with this text directly. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Him dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So, what we're going to find tonight is that our text has some deeper meaning. This scripture has even greater significance. Uh, in our Christian walk than possibly we have given it. We've never truly understood why Paul said this as he wrote the Church of Colossae. We naturally assume that Paul is drawing a conclusion concerning Jesus that simply uh, states his final position in the heavenly economy. This cannot, my friends, be further from the truth. Paul is in this particular verse saying that there is, was, nor ever will be the possibility that there would ever be any failure in the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to catch what I just said in the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. There can be a backtracking from the cross. And a man can come to the cross and backtrack into sin. Paul told us that we could crucify Christ afresh. There can be a time when our flesh comes back and overtakes us and we go backwards into sin. There can be that time. But if a man will follow the a walk of Jesus Christ, then the accomplished, all of the works of Jesus Christ that he accomplished has a fail-proof mechanism of which I'm going to show you. We can look at this, of course, from an earthly ministry, and we have shown you how he prepared us exactly in the same fashion as He was. We showed you that this morning. Now we're going to show you precisely how he went about accomplishing this mission. Everything that happened before what the apostles and the disciples experienced in Acts 2, every one of them had a possibility of fail. I saw um, Kelly and Linda and James And Tammy, I I greet you all tonight, and those of you that did not sign in. There was, uh, in the acts of Jesus Christ, there was always the possibility that something could have gone wrong along the way and brought about a failure in the accomplished works of Jesus Christ. Uh, But we see that Jesus traverses the steps that began with the cross. And unfortunately, too many people stop here and they park and leave their lives connected to this earthly thing of which Jesus accomplished. Now, I want to revisit a scripture that I used briefly this morning and that you may have heard me mention before from Ephesians chapter four, verse seven. But unto every one of us, is given grace according to the measure, and the word measure means portion, of the gift of Christ. Well, Christ was given on the tree. His body was given in the tomb, his flesh. His sin, the sin that was upon him, was given in the region of the damned. He was brought out of there, and then he gave sprinkled his own blood as the high priest over his own sacrifice in the tabernacle made without hands. Then it was given to him as a measure, in a measure, a portion, the condition and position of lordship. From there he returned the earth and then returned back into the heavens where another part, another gift was given to him that was being returned back to the Godhead bodily. Now I want you to focus on that term, the measure of the gift of Christ, because we have seen six different givings in the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. One, and every one of them correlates with the plan of salvation, and every one of them is something that the Holy Ghost must reproduce in the life of a believer, every one of them. They're all giftings that have come in portion, and they all correlate the cross with healing, the tomb with preservation, the resurrection with deliverance, the priesthood and the actions there with the safety of the believer, the lordship with the soundness of the believer, and then back to the Godhead with the wholeness of the believer. These things, these portions and these measures have to be giftings that have come through the push proportioning that God has given in each of these steps. Now, if we do not experience the total proportioning, then we have not walked where Jesus walked, nor have we received what Christ Jesus the Lord died for us, was buried for us, was resurrected for us, served as the high priest that sprinkled the blood that called us sanctified and brethren, gifted us that, And then became Lord, whereby him in his exalted form could give us the ability to use his name in the five ways that he provided for us in Mark 16. And then turning around and going back to the Godhead, wherein being seated there, provided for us the portion of the promise of the Father or the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, each of these portions brought about something that you as the believer needed and something that correlated with the plan of salvation of which we saw in Habakkuk 3.13 of which this plan was to produce the victory over the house of the wicked and would do so by stepping on him from the foundation to the neck. In other words, there was a process that occurred for salvation to become the viable, usable, designated plan of God. Now, how would all of these come into fruition? The Holy Ghost would reproduce the acts and actions of Jesus Christ In the believer, where would he do it? Upon each step of which the gift was portioned. Very important understanding. We don't get the whole portion at the cross. To come there, stay there, and sit there leaves us vulnerable to the devil. Why? Because we have not died to the sin nature in the cross. Where did that happen? Well, that happened in the tomb. Whenever our sin nature was buried and our spirit man being preserved was brought to the forefront, now then we now have forgiveness and we have the act of salvation whereby we are now preserved. We are reproduced in our spirit man and we are dead to the flesh. Then comes the next portion. If we stop at the first portion, we're vulnerable. If we stop at the second portion of salvation, we become again vulnerable. We're vulnerable to what? We're vulnerable to the human side, to the flesh side, to the desire for affections and lusts that Paul said would fall off of us as we learned to live in the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit in Galatians 5. So now we come to the part that we must have deliverance from the sin that we threw off and gave away and the ability to plunder talents and abilities out of hell and bring them out for our own benefit. Now we become the robed in righteousness. So I'm not going to go through all of those again, but I want you to see that stopping At any spot where just a portion was given would not be beneficial to our spiritual growth and it would not allow us to take another gift of God, which is faith, and use that to mature into Christ. The goal is that we come into the image of Jesus Christ. So you must understand what Paul has said in Ephesians 4, 7, that there are portions. You must understand what he's saying in Colossians 2, that you must follow after and receive Christ Jesus the Lord. And in doing so, you must walk, now watch this now, in him. In him. You must walk in him. What does that mean? In means that you must walk in the place, in the time, in the steps that Jesus walked. That's why this teaching uh, is so vital to your spiritual ability to understand what Jesus has done for you. The word in means in place, in time, in step with him. So whatever Jesus has done, if you are going to be in him as Paul defines and declares throughout all of his epistles, then you must go to the place, the time, and the step of which he went. Anything short of that leaves you without the required and necessary portions. And this in in turn leaves you vulnerable to the attacks of the devil. So, We need to take each step with Jesus Christ all the way back to the Godhead. Now this is also going to bring us into two things that you must understand. There are works of the Holy Spirit and there are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they are all correlated in the portions that Jesus Christ has given. You see the cross produces an action by Jesus whereby man could be forgiven of their sin, transgression, iniquity, peace, and healing of the spirit, all brought into portion. What does the Holy Ghost do in the act of Jesus? He reproduces in man. What does he reproduce? He reproduces forgiveness. Then he goes to the cross, or to the tomb. In the tomb, he reproduces an alive and quickened spirit that is now preserved. The action of dying to the flesh brought about a reproduction by the Holy Spirit in your spirit. And now the flesh, the affections and lust are laid off and you are able now not only to live in the spirit, but to walk in the spirit. And then we go to the tomb where deliverance occurs. And out of that deliverance, Came the robes of righteousness and the Holy Ghost by the force of the actions of the deliverance and resurrection brings you in to the place where you are robed in righteousness. He reproduces the new clothing. You put off the garments of sin, the garments of sickness, the garments of all of those things that were attached to the old nature. And you bring out of hell the new garments of a robe that is full of righteousness. You now are operating in the standard of God. What is the standard of God? Well, the standard of God is that the the spirit man, having reconnected with God, is now the driving force that causes everything that disseminates from it to come under the power of that force. So what does that mean, Pastor? Well, in that deliverance comes your ability to be healed, your ability to be renewed, your ability to be brought into the condition of which Adam was whenever God made him in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. We're brought back into that. That is a portion of reproduction, and we now become the righteousness of God. Now, where are we righteous? We are righteous in Christ Jesus. See again, Paul is using that in language in Colossians chapter two. So we, can, we, we will proceed on through these portions. A portion of the plan and the operation was released for the benefit of those who would believe. Now God's plan required Jesus to do as I said, to release forgiveness. God's plan required Jesus to release preservation. God's plan required deliverance to release assurance uh, concerning your righteousness. Each step along the way, there is a portion of the divine plan of God that is released and then revealed and reproduced. So we're seeing the works of the Holy Ghost in every step of Jesus. We know that in the priesthood, our sanctification of brotherhood is the portion released from here. When we get to that priesthood position, we now know how to worship correctly. Then his lordship and the portion of the revelation of him in that capacity is released. This conclusion then comes to the last step. And that is him being seated at the right hand of God and then the sending of the promise of the Father. So now we have seen five reproductions of the Holy Spirit at the cross, the tomb, the resurrection, the priesthood, and his lordship. He has reproduced all of those in you. Why? Why? Because in every step there has been something, some portion that had to be reproduced in your spirit man for you to come in to Christ and to be able to walk in Christ. Now we get to the sixth and last portion and we ask the question all the time, Did was the Holy Ghost work done at the cross? No, he had to reproduce an action there. He had to reproduce a work that was done in salvation. And as we go through the five steps I've mentioned, he has reproduced an action of salvation. Now, in order to reproduce the sixth step of salvation, which is wholeness, he had to bring to you a brand new revelation. And that revelation was the promise of the Father. And as the promise of the Father is released, Along with that, he revealed how we would know the Holy Spirit was to be in us, on us, and upon us. And we saw that unveiled in Acts chapter 2. And they spoke with another tongue. And in so doing, the Godhead and the gifts of the Spirit that were associated with his position in the Godhead bodily has turned to make you full and complete in him. So the question of did we get all we needed at the cross, the answer is no. When did we get the fullness of the Father? When did it become whole in the plan of salvation? When the gift of the Spirit was revealed as a promise of the Father, And they spoke with other tongues and they begin to preach the message of Christ from a new perspective, a position of presence, a position of power, a position of wholeness, where now, according to Acts chapter 1 and verse 2, he through the Holy Spirit gave commands unto them and they were able to take those commands and begin to minister just as if it was being ministered by him, himself. These portions are portions that grace invokes as we know him, as we grow in him, as we come through him and live in him. Grace invokes the measure, the portion And the Holy Ghost reproduces it in us. And whenever he comes to being the man in the Godhead bodily, he injects, infuses, releases, reveals, however you want to wordsmith it, into the church, into the believer, the portion of grace that brings about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Why would he do that? To create a fail-proof ministry. If he was operating in the children of God who were doing ministry from the power of witness that has been endued to them by this promise, they had a fail-proof ministry. The reason for the baptism of the Holy Ghost is because it is the consummation activity that says the ministry that God has introduced to us through the life of Christ, through the plan of salvation that would defeat the house of the wicked from the foundation to the neck had a consummating activity that brought about the complete Presence and power of God in Jesus Christ through the believer, so that the believer could be led and guided by the very voice of Jesus Christ. Now, we got this thing twisted somehow, and we put the Holy Ghost in a position of which he was never intended to be. His position was to reproduce the actions of Jesus. And as he has done so in each of these six accomplishments, he has brought about Jesus living in you, being reproduced in you from the Godhead until Paul said, you now have the fullness, the completeness, and the wholeness of the Godhead bodily. That is the plan of God. That is the complete plan of God for mankind. It is the only means and mechanism whereby the plan of God becomes an absolute fail-proof opportunity for the church. We can look at it any way we want to. We can think about it any way we want to. We can look at the word of God any way we want. But in the plan of salvation, wholeness, was the final nail in the coffin of the house of the wicked. It was the final step. We're talking from Habakkuk 3.13. It was the final step that would take the devil from the foundation to the neck. Now let's look at this. He had eyes. Didn't say he went to his head. He said he would. Uh, Jesus would bruise his head. But for you and me, he would go with salvation from the foundation to the neck. He would shut his mouth through the mechanism of the revelation of the Holy Spirit operating in his people. He would close down his opportunity to attack people that were full of the baptism of the Holy Spirit until they would be so engaged, empowered, and walking in the power of God that when they stood them before them, they would say to them, you may look at it from your way. You may have your ideas about it, but I'm taking God's way. I'm going with what God says. You do what you have to do. I'm going with what God said. And what happened? They turned the world upside down. What keeps us from turning the world upside down? We have not produced the portions that come to the baptism of the Holy Ghost with power and evidence and presence so that we can shut the mouth of the devil by using the power of Jesus Christ and his own words operating through us and when they do, the Holy Ghost reproducing out of us. We don't have that power anymore. We don't produce that. Why, Pastor Mike? My friends, I cannot be more clear. Because we want to stop at the cross. We want to shut down right there. We want to park right there. We want to stay in the earthly thing. This is not God's plan, nor has it ever been God's plan. God has planned for mankind to follow Jesus in his walk, in his journey, and to receive from him what he did as Jesus, what he did as Christ, what he did as Lord, and what he did as the man in the Godhead bodily. And so the church sits here wondering where is God, huddling together in masses, praying for Jesus, just come Lord Jesus, instead of recognizing that in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the world is put to flight. The world is shut down. The world is put in a position where they become subservient to the believer. Why? Because when you speak a word in the Holy Ghost... When you speak a word, you're not speaking the word of the Holy Ghost. You're not speaking a word of yourself. You're speaking a word that has been generated in you by Jesus Christ himself. Think about that. When Jesus Christ speaks, what happens? I told you, leprosy is healed. Blindness is healed. Brokenness, bruised, beggarly all of that poverty is healed when Jesus Christ speaks. So when he generates in us the work of the man in the Godhead, flowing through us from the promise of the Father, and Jesus speaks out of us, what happens? The Holy Ghost does the same thing with my word and your word that he did with the word of the the man who was with God, was God, was in the beginning with him, that spoke into creation the, the facts of what the Holy Ghost put into the six days of building the world. You have this opportunity and you neglect it. Why? Why would you refuse this wonderful portion of which God has planted in the plan of salvation directly for you and directly for me? Well, you say, Pastor, I don't understand it. Well, what is it you don't understand? Come unto me, all you that labor the heavy laden. I'll give you rest about it, Jesus said. I'll give you instruction about it. Did you think the disciples understood what Jesus was telling them in Acts chapter 1? No, no. But what did they do? They went to looking for it, they went to expecting it. They got together and began to pray about what they knew to pray about. And what happened? Ah, the Holy Ghost came and sat upon them, and they began to speak with an an unknown tongue as the unction of the Holy Spirit came upon them, as the anointing came out of them. My friend, why don't you do the same? Why don't you go into prayer and begin to seek this great anointing? And why don't you surrender yourself? Now, some of you are going to say, well, pastor, I've done that before and it just doesn't come to me. I've done that. Now, I just, I just, no, no, here is where the truth lies. You have backed yourself into a corner of unbelief and doubt. And therefore, because of being you backing yourself into a doctrinal corner, you can't get yourself to cross over the threshold. I pastored a man one time that was a wonderful Christian man. He said to me about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, if God wanted me to have it, then I would have it. And I said, well, God wants you to have it. He said, well, I don't have it. And I said, you just begin to look for it. I'm telling you, God has prepared this for you. It was years later, I ran into him. And he said, Pastor, I went to a church, went to an altar of prayer, and the next thing I know, I started to produce out of me a language that shocked me. He said, I didn't understand it. I didn't know where it was coming from, but I knew that in my spirit, something was leaping and jumping for joy. And I said, you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I did. And I've never had such a joyous Christian existence. Why? Why? Because Jesus is no longer someone who is in a book. He is no longer someone who is relegated to an atmosphere of which we cannot see. No. He is operating from that atmosphere and from this book in me and speaking out of me. And therefore I am blessed. When I need to be, I'm corrected. I am led and I'm guided into truth that I never knew existed. I am brought into a place where things that I need to know, he is giving me of himself. Things that are showing me things to come and words to speak. My friend, we have the opportunity through God's plan of salvation and the portion and the measures of which Jesus has released and revealed for us to have the very Jesus Christ speaking, living, operating, and directing us right out of here. Not out of our intellect. Not out of what we think. Not out of something we mull around until we think we come up with a good idea. No, no. But through the Holy Spirit, we have the opportunity to walk and to live and to receive in Him and to be rooted and built and established in the faith because of Him. Now, we become whole. What what do we have now? An unfailing ministry. Why? Because out of us when ministry comes, will not come what we see what we feel, what we think, what we hear, or what we smell. It will come out of the mouth and the spirit of Jesus Christ. And we will begin to say things and do things. And they will say, where did you get that? And you will say the same thing Jesus said. I only speak what Jesus says. I only do the things that I see Jesus do. What happens then? Ah, it's an unfailing ministry. It cannot fail. That is the reason that Jesus Christ went through the steps that he went through to produce every work of salvation so that the Holy Ghost could reproduce His works in you. So I'm going to close by saying this. In the cross, forgiveness, healing of your spirit, reproduced by the work of the Holy Ghost in convicting and convincing you. In the tomb, the death of the flesh, the preservation of the spirit, And the way you know it's done is by the release of the fruit, the nine fruit of the Spirit. In the resurrection, the burial, the laying off of the human side whereby you are delivered and the door to that human side is locked. You put on the robe of righteousness just like Jesus did. You're delivered from every Sin and its origin. Every sickness and its origin. Then you become a priest with Jesus Christ. Here, he sanctifies you and calls you brethren. And in so doing, you become absolutely safe. However, we know that in the priesthood, you must take care of that daily. You must operate in that priesthood daily. Because we know that the priest of the tabernacle operated in it daily. So we have to keep going in there and keep worshiping correctly. Then the lordship came. That lordship made a sound. Because everything that had a name bowed to that lordship. We could take ourself and we could take everything and every plunder of our life. We could take our jobs, our wives, our kids, our our houses, our cars, everything that we have as plunder, lay them down before Jesus Christ and say, this part right here, Lord, needs to be brought to bow. I bring it under your lordship. I'm laying my plunder before you. This needs to be brought under your lordship. And because of his lordship, when you pronounce his name over that plunder, every knee bows to such an extent that demons bow, your language changes, nothing outside you, inside you hurt you, everything you lay hands on is healed, these are powerful places where the Holy Ghost is going to reproduce the action of Jesus Christ in you. And your liver is going to say, wait a minute, Jesus is reproducing healing in you. Your lungs are going to say, Jesus is reproducing. The Holy Ghost is reproducing healing because of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And then we'll come into that final stage of wholeness where we are operating through the Holy Spirit, speaking the words of Jesus Christ. And the words that we speak will begin to be reproduced and manifested in our material world. They will begin to be words that will come into these things, a depth of wisdom of which we never knew we had, a depth of knowledge of which we never knew we had, a depth of discernment of spirit of which we never knew we had, a depth of faith, healing, and miracles of which we never had. But we do not have it. We have Jesus operating through us in completeness a depth of tongues, and interpretation of tongues and prophecy we never knew we had. See, my friend, this is the plan of God. When you come into this whole final position, Jesus is standing on the head of the devil, and you are standing on his neck. Now, he is standing on his head and crushing him. And you are standing on his neck, daring him to open his mouth. What a position. Father, I thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear. And our heart that we can understand what power and presence, the plan of salvation and the reproduction of the Holy Spirit has been made by you to be given to us. We thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I see Tammy and Tony and Charles and the rest of you that were on here with us. May God richly bless you is my prayer. And we will look forward to seeing the Facebook folks next Sunday morning. Come and join us on Wednesday night Bible study. It'll be awesome. And God will bless you for doing so. I'm going to tell you good night. God bless. Have a great week. To those of you that are on my podcast, may God richly bless you with my prayer. If you will find him as the 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 Lord, you'll be able to bring that plunder to him, and he will make every knee bow. If you find him as the man in the Godhead, my friend, he'll show you things to come, and he will work out of you until your world your your world manifest with the greatness of God. I bless you. I look forward to speaking with you again.